Hello and welcome to the Analytica podcast where today we'll be talking to Tom Emmerich on the topic of wearable tech. To give you a bit of background, Tom Emmerich is the founder of We Are Wearables, an organization that rallies the tech community together to learn, discuss and celebrate the wearable tech space in order to foster adoption and facilitate innovation. We Are Wearables currently has chapters in Toronto and Chicago and is now the largest wearable tech community of its kind in the world. Tom writes regularly about wearables and other emerging technologies for Mobile Syrup, Beta Kit, and Designers of Things, and is often featured in the media as a wearable tech expert. Tom is also known as the wearable tech influencer and was listed as the third most influential person in wearable tech in Onalytica's 2015 wearable tech blog. Tom, thanks for joining us today. First of all, could you tell us, how did you first get involved in the wearable tech industry? Well, thanks for having me, Joe. The wearable tech uh, journey that I've been on started back in 2012 when I began a Tumblr blog uh, on screens, actually. So I've been working in emerging technology, and what I mean by that is in 2004, um, I began um, my uh, technology career in a startup that was creating ringtones and wallpapers for feature phones, and that was like the wearable tech of its time, having... (laughs) You know, a Britney Spears theme song as um, your ringtone was pretty out there yeah, way back then. So we've come quite a quite a while, quite a way from uh, from 2004. So yeah. I started a Tumblr blog in 2012, and uh, that was all about the interplay between screens, uh, your TV, your tablet, your smartphone. But as I was doing more and more research, I kind of peeked beyond that mobile curtain, and I saw that there was a ton of other technologies that were up and coming that I felt was really the next wave of computing. And part of that was wearable technology. And once I saw that, once I saw that vision of what's to come, um, I wanted to be all in on that. And so I began writing about wearable technology, mainly just for myself, to ramp myself up. Uh, But it started to get a following, and then it snowballed from there. Wow, interesting. So it all started with a Tumblr blog then. Wow. It all started with a Tumblr blog. Thank you, Tumblr. <laughs> yeah, well done. Awesome. That sounds really interesting. Okay. Um, we just wanted to ask, um, how do you think wearables will improve our day-to-day lives over the coming years? Well, uh, I really see wearable technology impacting a couple areas of our life. Obviously, the go-to is on health. Uh, and yeah. why I say go-to is because that's where a lot of the activity is today. And it makes a lot of sense because wearables have sensors that are close to our bodies that are uh, gathering information about our physiological cells. Yeah. So immediately what's, what is happening now is that uh, a Fitbit, a Jawbone, the Apple Watch, when you see your heart rate, when you get to see how many steps you've taken in a day, it may not seem overly meaningful. And there's been a lot of talk about that in the media. But the mm-hmm. big shift is that you probably forgot that you are a machine. You probably forgot because your life is so busy and you're focusing on your job and feeding your kids and paying your mortgage that your body is a machine that needs to be taken care of and needs to be well-oiled in order to get you day in and day out for as many years as possible. And so what wearables are doing is that they're actually shifting our focus back to the fact that we are biological, physiological machines. We have have steps that need to be taken. We have a heart rate uh, that we can... Um, monitor on a regular basis. As wearables get more and more mature, we're going to be able to see much more physiological data about ourselves, 
And yeah. that is going to allow us to be able to make smarter decisions about our overall health. So it first starts with just showing what I call the data mirror, giving us an indication of what our machine is doing, how well is it doing. But I yeah. think eventually, and this is what we're waiting for, the dots will start to be connected, where it's not just a bunch of data that's being presented to us as users, yeah. but that these data points are connected so that the wearable system actually becomes a coach or like a pocket doctor. Right. Instead of it just showing you how many steps you've taken or showing you what your heart rate is at that time, it'll begin to use that information in combination with the information from other places, other digital touch points to tell you what you should be doing in order to live longer and live a happier, healthier life. Wow. And eventually, all of this data should be able to be accessible by our doctors. Um, hmm. And the doctors I see as, as being medical analysts, getting access to real-time information so that they will be able to pinpoint um, in the in the near future and predict, hey, you know, based on all this data that we're gathering on a regular basis that you are giving us access to, we see that if you continue on this road, then X will happen. Or we're yeah. starting to see something in your vitals come in now so that you don't you don't get sick. So a, yeah. a lot more a lot more proactive approach to medicine because the doctors have data about ourselves. Yeah. So it starts with just having that data mirror and reminding us that we're machines. But as, as this space matures, these devices are really going to help take care of us and, and allow our doctors to better take care of us. And that's what's really exciting. And it's, yeah. it's actually going to start to save lives. Definitely. No, that's really, really interesting. Yeah, I think that the connection between wearables and health is, is obviously a big one. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's definitely – I can see how that will improve our day-to-day lives. Um, but there's another way also that the wearable technology sphere will change our lives, and that's in helping us feel closer together. And all waves of, te- of technology have really made the world feel smaller, like social media, the, the ubiquity of the smartphone, um, mm-hmm. so that you can call people or video conference with people from your pocket. And so virtual reality, which falls underneath the wearable technology umbrella, is really going to help facilitate that. So being able to feel like you're in the same room, not just because it's a computer screen, that's a flat screen that you're able to see somebody via video, but actually feel like you're in the same room. So yeah. if me and you want to have this podcast in you know, uh, seven years, uh, yeah. five years, we may be doing this podcast in the same virtual space. Uh, and, and beyond that, what's really exciting about the use of virtual reality to make us feel closer to one another is this idea that VR can be the ultimate empathy machine. And what I mean by that is if we can, we, if we can use virtual reality to embody somebody else, to be mm-hmm. somebody else, which VR is also capable of, then I can also... <laughs> walk a mile in your shoes and you can walk a mile in my shoes, really walk a mile in my shoes and see life through my perspective, which yeah. is something that's already happening with a lot of cardboard um, uh, uh, 360 videos. Uh, yeah. you know, uh, and this will really change how we, how, we, how we see the world. It will change our perspective and it will yeah. really allow for me to relate to you in a much deeper level. 
Yeah. And that's just like one example of how wearable technology will really help us feel closer to one another. So it, go, it does go far beyond just changing the medical and health sphere. Yeah, definitely. No, I can... Uh... I can see that, yeah. And I, I suppose education would be another another way. Um, for example, I've, I've seen that um, virtual reality headsets are now being used to train doctors in operations. Yeah, education is, is definitely an area. Look, wearable technology, augmented reality, virtual reality is the next wave of computing. And as we know, this wave of computing that we are currently in, the smartphone wave, changed everything. It didn't just change one facet of our lives. It changed everything. It changed every business. It changed every every person's life that has access to it. This yeah. is exactly what is going to happen with this next wave. So in every area, we'll be able to find an, 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 an example of, yeah. of how this technology is going to move the needle. Um, but yeah. virtual reality and augmented reality in enterprise and education um, is we're definitely seeing some really great use cases um, yeah. to make the experience much more meaningful, much more tactile and physical um, yeah. in a way. Um, and also uh, to really tap into this, this idea that through the Internet, we've created a collective knowledge base. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, now when I want to know something, uh, you know, I've, I've been in so many conversations with my friends and we ask questions to one another and I just say, Google it. Like, why are we asking questions anymore? We can, just, <laughs> yeah. we can, we can get to Google and figure it out. And yeah. so now with now with smart glasses, for example, um, like heads up displays, Google Glass was a good example of that. You have mm-hmm. access to that information at eye level as it yeah. as if it's coming from your brain and just that shift is is going to change everything. Um, wow. So it's pretty exciting. Yeah, definitely. Um, you've kind of touched on this already, but um, which form of wearables do you believe will be the most popular amongst consumers? So for this, I don't even need to guess. Uh, the most popular wearable tech for consumers is fitness trackers. So right. wristbands that count your steps especially. Uh, now, for those that are really familiar with the wearable tech space and in the media, um, you know, we have become quite fatigued with fitness trackers because this category has been a while, around for a while. Uh, but um, for, the, for the mainstream, for the average consumer, they're still um, becoming uh, uh, introduced and acquainted with what a fitness tracker is. And so I expect 2016 to still be a very big year for fitness track trackers and fitness tracking companies like Fitbit. Uh, yeah. But I think like in terms of popularity, meaning popularity as um, a device that's accessible to people, it's fitness tracking. But in terms of uh, the device that a lot of people may be talking about that they might not be able to afford, it's, it's probably going to be virtual reality. So I expect in 2016 there's going to be a lot of talk about um, Oculus Rift, uh, PlayStation VR, um, and virtual reality in, in general. Uh, yeah. You know, the media has definitely in, increased the amount of stories that are coming out on a regular basis about VR. Uh, yeah. But outside of Google, uh, Google Cardboard, which is extremely accessible and affordable, um, mm-hmm. I expect that um, this type of technology will grow in popularity, but I don't expect a lot of people to actually have it in their homes this year. Yeah, yeah, which and is that, quite that, frustrating because you keep reading about it and you just want to have a go at it. Like, I know how many articles I've read on HoloLens, I just want to have a go on it. <laughs> um, right. 
um, <laughs> yeah, I can imagine like Oculus will be coming out soon, and yeah, it's it's, uh, it's definitely going to be the year of virtual reality. But like you say, fitness trackers will probably be the most popular. I can see that right. happening. We're, we're already getting those apps on our on our iPhones and and you know smartwatches. So yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and again, it just, it just goes down to like what you define as popular. Popular yeah. means what you're going to be wearing, I think it's fitness trackers. If it's popular and what the buzz is going to be, I think it's virtual reality. Yeah. Okay, that's fascinating. What do you believe are the biggest obstacles to the introduction of wearable tech to the mass market? The biggest obstacle, uh, there's two, price and value. Uh, so price is a huge factor when it comes to introducing wearable technology to the masses. Uh, and that's why, um, you know, when we talked about the popularity of virtual reality, outside of Google, the, uh, Google's cardboard, which is uh, extremely accessible because you can pr- pretty much make it yourself, or some companies are even giving this, this device away, um, uh, virtual reality dedicated devices could cost, you know, a thousand, two thousand dollars, depending on whether or not you already have a high-performing computer that's necessary in order to make all the graphics work. Mm. And so, um, price price is extremely key with any product, including technology. Uh, and so um, that's why, you know, with, with fitness trackers that cost $25 or, uh, you know, $50, people, um, when they look at that piece of technology and they go to purchase a gift or something for themselves, it seems within the realm of possibility. So price is number one. And then beyond price, um, and, and in fact, I guess at the same time, the consumer makes that decision on can I afford it and then do I need it? And so yeah. that's where value comes into play. And I think, I think value is where a lot of wearables struggle um, mm-hmm. uh, in terms of sometimes just communicating that value. So sometimes it comes down to marketing. But mm. the fact of the matter is, is that with with sensor-based wearables, we're really at the stage where we're collecting information and yeah. then, and and presenting it back to the user. And so, if you're the type of person that wants that data, that is that can be motivated by that data, that can be driven to do something with that data, and you like to go into the app and and check out that data on a regular basis, and then you do the work after that, then these yeah. devices are going to add a lot of value to your life. But if you're the type of person that wants the data to be collected and then to be told what to do, we're not there yet. And that's where, yeah. that's where, a, lot of, uh, that's where a lot of this falls down for people, is that when they get a Fitbit, they're expecting the Fitbit to make them fit. But really what the Fitbit does is tells, tells them how much activity that they're doing so that they need to make the decision as to whether or not they need to get off the couch. The Fitbit still doesn't get you off the couch. Yeah. And so, <laughs> and so that this value is where a lot of the struggle occurs. And until yeah. we start to connect the dots, until the data starts to be utilized and analyzed mm. and insights and true recommendations are formed, and yeah. this is where you know cognitive computing, artificial intelligence is all necessary, um, yeah. I think... A wearable, a lot of the wearable category will continue to struggle. Yeah, um, yeah. Virtual reality now on the other side is a whole different beast. Augmented reality and virtual reality. <laughs> virtual reality is a, it's an obvious, it's obvious that uh, it's an amazing gaming experience, an amazing entertainment experience. 
So if you can afford it, the value is already there. If you've ever tried virtual reality, like Oculus Rift consumer version, you know how immersive the experience feels. And yeah. so the value is immediate. Yeah. No, definitely. I guess it's going to have to bridge that gap between um, you know, wearable tech be, uh, being seen as a luxury item to actually, you know, how is this actually something that I could really use and is going to provide a lot of value to my life. Um, and I guess that will just come with time when people start to get used to the idea of having having these items in their in their daily lives, um, which at the moment it's still is still a little bit little way off. But it, um, it's interesting that we you know see how the consumer will start to perceive the these devices. I think exactly. Yeah. Um, okay. Fantastic. So, um, in your opinion, which company do you believe will be the eventual leader in, in wearable tech? So the big thing about wearable technology is that it's a huge umbrella, and I think you can yeah. already sense that from the conversation that we're having. Yeah. Uh, and I did my wearable tech predictions for 2016, and one of them was that my hope is, I guess, more than a prediction, that we start to break down conversations specific to categories. So fitness mm-hmm. trackers, smartwatches, virtual reality, augmented reality, um, mm-hmm. all of these categories really need to sit, on, sit in their own. And you could really dig deep in all of these categories to identify mm-hmm. who the winner is going to be. But I can say if we need to talk more general about this, that there will definitely be multiple leaders. I don't see this as being one company that's going to rule wearable tech as a whole. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think if you're a startup that's getting into this space, um, because, uh, because, there, because wearable technology is starting to move down that maturity curve, um, it's not mature by any means, but it's starting mm-hmm. to become more mature, uh, yeah. especially on the hardware side. I would definitely be looking at um, the algorithms, uh, the, the, your software, um, and also any foundational tech in order to succeed. Uh, because I believe that um, in certain pockets, it's going to be the bigger players that are, are starting to win out. So in the smartwatch space, we're already seeing that. You know, it's, it's pretty much Apple who has a lion's share, uh, and then Google with Android Wear that, that, that's winning out. And so um, I think in all of the different categories, um, I think we can expect that the larger manufacturers that we're used to, the Blackberries, the, the, um, the Apples, the Googles, the Microsofts of the world, um, they have the capabilities to continue to succeed in this next wave. But I think the startups have a, a lot of opportunity to build foundational technologies that can really empower this next platform. Fantastic. That's uh, really interesting. Okay, so um, just in terms of future product releases, I know you've just been to CES 16. Um, you probably saw a lot of future products coming up there. Um, which one would you say that you're most excited about? Uh, okay, so I'm really excited about this um, this pair of smart tights from wearable experiments. Not necessarily for me because uh, I don't think I can fit into them, but I want to explain why I'm excited about these smart tights. So um, uh, Natty is a pair of uh, smart, intelligent tights that are geared towards the female audience, which analyzes your form and uses haptic feedback or vibrations to gently remind you or nudge you um, as to where the areas are in, in your form that you need to adjust in order to be at the optimal um, position. And this is great for yoga, especially yoga or Pilates. Oh, and so wow. why, 
why do I, and this is from a, a wearable experiments, which is one of my all time favorite um, wearable tech companies. Yeah. Uh, I love Nadi because it represents a new form of wearable technology where you're not able to A, see the tech, or at least it's not as obvious, um, yeah. and B, it doesn't rely on a screen, which I love. So uh, you wear these tights as if you would wear any tights that you would um, uh, use for yoga or Pilates. But um, what's great about them is that they're providing coaching, so there's yeah. the value, um, without you having to look at your wrist or having to pull out your smartphone. Um, right. And wow. so I think we're going to continue to see um, um, some real great play with the use of haptic feedback, which is one of my favorite um, uh, features of wearable technology. So again, mm. that vibrational feedback that you're used to in your smartphone, it yeah. becomes really powerful in a wearable that's on your body. And I believe it is a new form of communication that we're going to learn is how to make sense of these haptic vibrations so that, that our technology speaks to us in this way in a very, um, in a very gentle, uh, non-obtrusive way. Um, yeah. It becomes a really helpful guide in adjusting our posture, adjusting our positions. Um, and so Natty is a good example of that. Natty reminds me a lot of the Lumo Lift or the Lumo Back, which was a product that is already in market, which right. you actually wear um, the Lumo Lift an actual clasp that you put on your shirt. And it, it actually monitors your posture, your upper shoulder posture. And when you start oh, wow. to hunch, it'll buzz you to ask you to put your shoulders back. Oh, that sounds so, great. So, you know, it's these types of wearables that are actually, um, again, analyzing the data and then providing you with some information so that you can take action, uh, yeah. but in a non-screen way. So that's why I'm excited about um, nadding these this pair of smart tights. Wow, that sounds fantastic. Okay, um, what wearable tech products do you actually currently own? Um, and if you had to pick one, which one would you say would, was your favorite? So I'm not the average user. I'll just state that off the okay. bat. So I have, <laughs> I've been very fortunate to have access to a lot of uh, different devices. I, I buy a lot of wearable tech. So my office upstairs is like a warehouse of wearable technology. So I own, I own smart shirts. I own LED shirts. I own smart watches, galore, fitness trackers, wearable cameras, um, uh, you know, smart socks to uh, um, beyond. So uh, when I look at all of this technology, uh, obviously I can't wear it on a regular basis. It really depends on the, the specific situation sometimes. Yeah. However, across the board, I wear habitually my Apple Watch, which I've had since launch. Um, yeah. I've always worn a smartwatch since Pebble. Uh, I, I, I do see value in being able to triage my notifications on my wrist. So being able to look down at a glance and make that call as to whether or not um, I should actually pick up my smartphone and engage in a conversation. Um, mm -hmm. But the, the Apple Watch for me, it, I like the look of it. I'm, I have an iOS device, so it sings together well with that. But it also yeah. feels really nice on my wrist, which is a big thing. And, and that's important with wearable technology is, is feeling comfortable, feeling excited about putting the technology on your body. Yeah, um, yeah. Now, Apple Watch obviously has a long way to go. All the smartwatches, I believe, have a long way to go. But for me, um, I think mainly because I'm in the space and I do see the vision of the device, I continue to wear it every single day. And then the mm -hmm. second device I wear on a regular basis, maybe not daily, but as much as I can, is my narrative clip, which I have the current 
uh, Narrative Clip 2 version, which now does video and improved video uh, image quality. Uh, and so this is a wearable camera. looks like a little square that you can either wear on a lanyard or clip on your clothing. I often wear it as a bow tie. Um, and so it, what I love about this device, kind of like why I love Natty or LumoLift, is because you put this wearable camera on and you don't have to do anything. I just put it on and it does all the work. It takes pictures every 30 seconds. And I can just go into the application uh, because the um, the device sends all the pictures over Wi-Fi to the cloud, and so I can right. view all the pictures that it's taken. Um, right. And what's great about that is, especially because the image quality has been improved, I can share them out to the community, or I can just go back and see what I've been up to, um, yeah. which sometimes is good to reflect back and say, wow, I've been on Twitter all day, or I've been <laughs> you know, inside yeah. and I haven't seen the outside world in one week. So yeah. uh, it's, wow. it's kind of an interesting way to be able to capture my life. But again, I don't have to do anything except for put it on, which is fantastic. Wow, that sounds really cool. So the narrative clip and the Apple Watch, those are your, your, yep. your two favorites, you'd say. Okay. That's my combo. Yeah, my go-to. Great. Fantastic. Um, I just wanted to ask, actually, do, do, do you believe that wearable tech will distract us from reality? Or do you believe it will better connect us to reality? So ultimately... Um, the end goal is that wearable tech will better connect us to reality. Yeah. So our, our current technology has become quite a distraction. And even the wearables that are out now, because they're, because the, the dream can't be fully realized because all the pieces aren't put together, I think we're feeling like some of them are becoming a distraction on their own as well. Um, so it might be hard to see that what wearable technology is trying to do is make us more present in the moment, make us more connected in the moment, but that's exactly what it will end up being. Uh, so, like for example, even though virtual reality takes you out of reality, it makes you fully present in the virtual reality. And, um, and all of these devices I talked about with the use of haptic feedback or even just this idea of gathering information about yourself and making you look at that data, it, that makes you present with yourself and the, in that moment. Or, yeah. or that, that haptic feedback, that haptic nudge puts you back in your body so that you put your shoulders back. So yeah. you're already seeing some glimpses as to how this technology is actually trying to make you more present in the moment, more present with yourself or more present with the reality that you're experiencing. And I yeah. think as it matures, we'll see that because this technology is starting to move in the background where we're not, um, we don't have a screen in our hand or a screen on a, on a fixed table that we have to sit and look at, when yeah. that goes away and our technology is part of us, um, that is when we're going to be um, much more connected to whatever reality we're experiencing at the time. Yeah, no, that's a great answer. I like the point you make about the you're not necessarily being conscious of this thing that is part of you and it's not distracting you, but it's helping you in your life. Um, yeah, that's really, really interesting. Um, we're running out of time, but I just got time for one more question, actually. Um, so if you had to pick one product that you were looking forward to purchasing in the next, in the next year, what, what would you pick? Well, if I sell my house, it's going to be Oculus Rift. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, all joking aside, it, it, it's expensive, but it's not that expensive. Right. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, not, not expensive that I need to sell my house. But uh, the Oculus Rift demo that I did at the Consumer Electronics Show was um, incredible. If you, if you love games, or even if you don't love games and you just want to be in another world, um, uh, this uh, 
this device is 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 nothing short than magical. Um, and so to be able to have access to it in my home would be a, a pleasure. Uh, so I am most excited about the Oculus Rift. Um, if the Apple Watch 2 is announced, um, I, I will be the first to, to try that out as well. Um, yeah. So that that's been rumored to be announced, you know, perhaps later this year, March, September. Really? Um, okay. And so uh, those are kind of the two devices that I'm that I'm keeping my my eye on this year. Yeah, good good choice. Oculus Rift and Apple Watch too. Hopefully, if it gets announced. Right. Fantastic. Well, uh, Tom, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been really really interesting hearing your views on wearable tech and. Um, I'd like to uh, wish you all the best with We Are Wearables, and uh, let's look forward to uh, working together again in the future. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me.